we established and founded this church. So that would be August 19th, 2019. It's coming up. Huh? Uh, that's right. I'm sorry. August 20th, 2019. So it's coming up. And, and I said, and the Lord spoke to me and said, it's now time for this church to come forth. And when I said that, some of the older people in the back disappeared. And what God showed me was, they're not going to come into this kingdom. They're not going to come into it. God's fixing to move by the way. See, I preach the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people don't know anything about the kingdom of heaven, and I've tried to teach people. There's a difference between going to heaven and possessing the kingdom of heaven. And 90% of the church's focus, I just won't go to heaven, I just won't make it. Well, that's not God's will for a lot of people's lives. There are people that are chosen to possess and come forth in the kingdom of God. And I've been teaching people about the kingdom, I guess, probably since 06. And the Lord's just taking me deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's why a lot of people have pulled away from me. They said, Brother Matthew, you're off the mark. No, I'm not off the mark. Because... There's an anointing and a word in my life that if God speaks to me, it'll change your life. It'll deliver you. It'll set you free. And the Lord's been dealing with me about what's going on in people's lives. And we got to come to a realization that we don't know the God of this Bible. We know about Him. But we don't know Him. We're not in that relationship where He's revealing and manifesting Himself to us like He did in the pages of that Bible. And I'm not satisfied. I will not be satisfied. You know, I, y'all, y'all have heard, if you've listened to me at all, and I've told y'all time after time, Paul said, I want to know Him. In the power of His resurrection. and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means, whatever it takes, Sister Kathy, that I can attain to that place of the resurrection, attain to that place that Christ came into when he was raised from the dead. We don't have that. That's where God wants to take us. But I find people aren't teaching where are you teachers? Where are you men of faith? Where are you men of God? That's leading God's people into a relationship with God. Most of it's just good shouting and singing, just good church. And, and I made this statement last week. We had a powerful service at our house last week. And I just want you all to know the report said I've been deathly sick. Greatly exaggerated because there ain't a thing wrong with me. Lady that owns the church came to church last week. Of course, we wasn't here. 
And she called Sister Deborah, and Sister Deborah went to church. She said, well, Brother Miller's out of town, been out of town for a couple of weeks. Uh, he'll be back next week. And she said, well, I heard he is deathly sick. I guess people going to gossip for lack of anything else to do. But you know, it's been, I think I preached it on June the 8th, right here in this church, the Lord spoke to me. So without a vision, people perish. And I made this statement last week. And there's so many little old bitty churches around. If you know, most of them don't have a vision. God ain't give them a vision. They just there to have good church. The Lord spoke to me in 2000. Started that church in Fort Payne. The Lord gave me a vision for the church. I've told people, I don't know how many times, Sister Kathy, you come there, what, about four or five years before we come up here? I've told people time after time, you can't have but one vision in a church. Ain't follow but one leadership. Amen. And inevitably, I had people get up behind me. Try to get people to follow their vision. No, you got one leader. Amen. And today that we're living in, the true word of the Lord is precious. If y'all have heard me any at all, you've heard me say, God will inspire me, Brother Pat. He'll talk to me. He'll give me good words and good messages. Just every now and then, the word of the Lord will drop in my spirit. And it's different than just a good message. It's different than something to encourage you or strengthen you. or It's the mind and divine will of God for His people at that time. Everybody don't get it. God don't talk to everybody like that. Why God chose me, I have no idea. Don't know. But I know if people listen to me, I can help them. And I can lead them where they need to be in God. But they gotta listen. They gotta listen. Sister Kathy, if I minister to you, if I just come talk to you about situations, you can rest assured of one thing. God's spoken to me. I don't go in my own self. I don't go in my flesh. You know, my wife, the Lord spoke to her here about two years ago, and she preached, uh, uh, well, she just exhorted on it, but then I think she went back and preached it, but she exhorted on what the Lord spoke to her, said there's some people... That they've got access to me. And they think because of that proximity of being around me and that privilege. That they get slack in the word that's in my bones. Don't ever make that mistake. Because I'm telling you something, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. Because I'm a person that stays in touch with God on a daily basis. When God gave me the church in Fort Payne, I didn't know what the vision was, but I knew God told me it started. It wasn't very long after we started that church. The Lord Jesus himself, I saw him in the Spirit. He walked through the front doors of that church. 
And we got doors on the church just like this. They're now French doors, glass. But he walked up to where when he stepped in the sanctuary, he's carrying a lamb in his arms. And he looked at me and he spoke to me. And he gave me the Gospel of Luke. I believe it was 10. Been a long time since I read it. But anywhere it's where the the man went, was on a journey and he got beat up. And they left him for dead. Robbed him, left him for dead. And all the big preachers come by and they sing him. They walked on the other side of the road. And still that Samaritan... That man that that Jew looked at as a dog and dirty and unclean. He walked over Sister Barbie and he bound up his wounds. Nursed him back to health and took him. Down to an inn and told the innkeeper, said, take care of him. And said, if there's anything else, I owe you. He said, let me know next time I come and I'll pay you. The Lord told me. Said, you're going to pick up the outcast. You're going to pick up those the church don't want. You're going to pick up those that church don't want nothing to do with. And boy, have I ever. <laughs> do what? <laughs> and I preached a message not too long after that called God's Misfits. And it ain't that we're God's misfits. It's we just don't fit in religion. I don't fit religion. And there's people that's come under this word. That God's pulled you back from death's door spiritually. And the church didn't want nothing to do with you. And I tell people. And every one of them, you know, I've told you, you throw your hat in the ring with me, you better get ready to be talked about, yeah. hated, lied on, your name cast out as evil, because yeah. I've got a standard. Hallelujah. I've got a standard. And there's preachers I won't work with. I will not work with them, because I don't trust their life. Never seen nothing out of them except flesh. I won't work with them. Just won't do it. But because of that dream, we scheduled a meeting in Fort Payne, Alabama from the 19th through the 25th of August. And that Tuesday night, which is the 20th, we'll be ministering, and I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the services. We're going to go to prayer every morning. We're going to gather in of an evening, go to prayer, and then we're just going to see what God will do. I'm not interested in what people call revival. You know why I'm not interested in it? I ain't found anything God's given this generation that can be revived. Seriously. Have we had a day of Pentecost in this generation? Have we had an Azusa Street? If we had a visitation like the ministers of the 40s and 50s with miracles and deliverance. So what is it y'all want to see revived? I sure don't want this flesh man to come back to life. I've had too hard a time of killing him as much as I have. So we don't need revival. We need restoration. 
when he got to pour out his spirit like he did on the day of Pentecost, put the foundation back under the church, set the ministry back in God's divine order. Amen? That's what we need. We've got to have a visitation. Because as long as things out of order, God ain't going to move like we want him to move. He ain't going to. He can't. Read your word and see God is a God of order. Go back and read the Old Testament and see how many things God set in place in the temple. See how many things was put in God's divine order. How many different labors there were to take care of the, the offerings, the burning of the incense, the, the vessels in the house of God. Everybody had a place. Everybody had a place. Today, it's like a free-for-all in the house of God. Nobody knows their place. Nobody owes their order. The ministry's out of place. And y'all find out, you sit on this teaching, I get down to business with things. Because it's time to set things in order. So if you can make it to that meeting in Fort Payne, especially that last Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I, I would advise you to make it because there's something going to happen in that meeting. The Lord told me in India in 2006, we were gathered together of a morning. We were getting ready to go out and minister that day, and the Spirit of the Lord come on the lady I was over there with, her and her evangelistic parties, about ten of us. The Spirit of the prophecy fell on her. And she said, Brother Meadows, she said, I see God making Fort Payne, Alabama, an international church. She said, people are going to come from every nation under heaven. They're going to learn the Word. They're going to learn to pray. And then they're going to take it back to their own home country. Let me tell you something. They don't have to come. They're already here. You realize how many immigrants of all these nations are right here in this nation right now? God's pulling them together. I saw them in that dream. I saw them sitting in that sanctuary. At the same time, the Lord told me, he said, y'all going to have a school here. And I thought God was talking about, like, educating the youth, and it still might. But I believe God's talking about edifying preachers, bringing the body of Christ together. Who's got a definitive word for God's people? Who's got a positive word that's leading God's people somewhere? I ain't found it. I ain't found, I ain't found an apostle like Paul or Peter. I ain't found a prophet like Elijah or Moses or Elisha. I ain't found them. I ain't found men of God who can speak the word of God and rebuke death. I ain't found them. They don't tell me what you have heard your God can do. Don't tell me about the knowledge that you understand your God can do. Show me a manifestation. And then, I might address you as man or woman of God. Until that time, to me, you're a servant of the Lord. You're a servant of the Lord. I've never asked anybody to call me a man of God. And if the works that are in my life warrant it, that's fine. But up to that time, you call me a servant of the Lord. Because to me, when you call somebody a man or a woman of God, 
That's because you've seen a manifestation of power. You know, the Bible says in Acts 4.33 that with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Amen. The church needs a vision. But they also need one eye. You know, Jesus said, if you be single, people ain't laboring under the same vision. There's not a single eye in the church, Brother Brian. Everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's scattered. You ain't got apostles that set doctrine. People gathered together and somebody gets upset because somebody does say something wrong, go out and start a church. Then another will go out and start a church. Then another will go out and start a church. There are people pastoring churches ain't even called to ministry. <laughs> it just... But see, I, I know my God. Just like I was telling Sister Deborah this morning. I said, there ain't much in this old world I know. But I know the voice and the Spirit of God. That's one thing I do know. I know the voice and the Spirit of God. And if God speaks to me and I tell you God spoke to me, it's money in the bank. You can write it down. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. It's just like, I think it was back in 2013, I've been hunting for the prophecy. But I spoke it in Fort Payne. Sister Kathy, you might have been there. I'm pretty sure uh, Brother Donald and Sister Deborah was there. But the Lord spoke in a prophecy. And he said that diseases that we thought were eradicated were fixing to make a comeback. He said measles. Right now, y'all know we got a measles outbreak. And I know he named smallpox. He named several other things. He said even the black plague or the bubonic plague that killed thousands. I think it's back in the 1400s. He said was going to return. And right now, I just heard a report the other night that they have got such a homeless population in the streets of Los Angeles that they've got a rat infestation. And they said that that's where the bubonic plague come from was rats. And they said right now they have found the virus for the bubonic plague in the homeless in Los Angeles, California, along with tuberculosis and typhoid fever. And God told us. So what y'all think y'all have eradicated? I'm fixing to bring it back and said I'm gonna bring back I'm gonna bring new diseases that you've never seen and doctors ain't gonna be able to do that. Y'all remember about two years ago that disease started hitting kids in Georgia in different places. They go to bed perfectly healthy and wake up and they couldn't even move. It's still going on. They 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 still don't know what it is, they don't know what to do about it. See, when God speaks, I know the voice of God. I know the voice of God. And I'm trying to be led by the Spirit of God to keep God's people on the right track. But it's a lot of them fixing to miss. When my wife made that statement, said, Seek first the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, that's what we're supposed to do. But people ain't doing that. People ain't doing that. And y'all know I got words sent up here to me. Brother Matter, we ain't coming to your church. You don't sing enough. 
Okay. I said, go back and tell them don't come. That's all you're coming for is your flesh to be entertained. I don't, I don't need you. I don't need you know how. I want people that's hungry. I want people want to grow in God. I want people got a desire to come to a place they're a vessel that God can use them to reveal Himself. You ain't going to help people no other way. And thing is, I believe we fix and see a visitation like the book of Acts. And then God going to take us beyond. God going to take us beyond. You know, I've had so many people tell me, well, Brother Metter, I got what they got on the day of Pentecost. I said, really? Let me see some fruit of it. Let me see. Let me let me see some fruit of it. There's no there's no revealing of the Christ. I'm fixing to read you all the scripture, but I want to. Uh, I'm going to stop first and. and I've got notes. I'm gonna give them to you, but I don't want you. I don't want you putting your heads in notes and not listening to what I'm saying. And these are for you to study. <coughs> but just right, sincerely and brutally honest, what do we know about what happened on the day of Pentecost? What do we know? What does the church teach about what happened on the day of Pentecost? Somebody tell me, what, what does the church teach? Nobody know anything? <laughs> okay, they received them. Okay. And the emphasis is on what? Speaking in tongues. What? Is the Holy Ghost? Somebody tell me what is it? Okay. Okay. Huh? The Ghost of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. The Lord told me the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Spirit is. Yeah. But. If the Spirit of the resurrected Christ in a measure come into us, what should the evidence be that it's there? Because I don't read nowhere where Jesus went around talking in tongues. Come on. Come on. Do you? Oh, I'm going to get myself in all kind of trouble on this. Huh? The power of the resurrection, and that's what it said the apostles gave witness. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I'm tired of this doctrine that tells people when they get the Holy Ghost, the evidence of it is speaking in tongues. There ain't a scripture in the Bible you can back that up with. There ain't nothing in the Word of God that says the evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. The evidence of the Holy Ghost, which is the resurrected Christ, is the fruit of the Spirit. It's His nature. 
his mind, his characteristics, his disposition, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his forgiveness, his godliness, his tenderness, meekness, gentleness, love. Yeah, the power's there. But the power's there because of the intimacy of relationship. Is anybody with me? That's my beautiful wife back there. 37 going on 38 years. And everything that's in my power belongs to her. Anything I have in my life that can be shared, it belongs to her. Just like when we become one with Christ, anything belongs to Him. It's ours to be made partaker of. But you you show me somebody that's teaching people how to grow in God. Somebody that's teaching people how to possess this kingdom and even know what this kingdom is. See, most churches don't teach. They just have good church. I've heard so many messages. Look, I've been serving God longer than some of y'all are old. I'm serious. I've been serving God and ministering 47 years. That's longer than some of y'all are old. And I'll tell you one thing. I've learned a thing or two. I've been around all kind of demons. I've seen them manifest themselves. I've seen demons get out on their stomachs in India. People get out on their stomachs in India and crawl like snakes, run their tongue in and out of their mouth, hissing at you. I went to India in 94, and I took a man over with me to help me because I was going, I got the opportunity to set up some of my own meetings, and I want him to help me and do some video and the different things. And we'd been out that day, and it wasn't my night. The preachers, about eight of us missionaries, and I told him, I said, now we're going to get in some of these meetings. I said, these demons are going to start manifesting themselves. And I said, you're going to people that see people get out on their bellies and crawl like snakes. And I said, they're going to run their tongue in and out of their mouth and hiss at you. He said, Brother Metter. I said, okay. He probably about Brother Pack size. So we got to the grounds late that night. And there was about 30,000 people there. And that brother playing the keyboard started singing the blood of Jesus. And when he did, then people started hitting the ground, crawling on their belly like snakes, hissing, running their tongues in and out of their mouth. And we walked up and was headed to the platform. The lady dropped down right beside him, looked up at him, went, and that rascal jumped up my arms. Throwed his arm around my neck, drudge him, slam off the ground up my arms like knock me down. He said, Dear God have mercy. You aren't kidding, were you? I said, No. And for about the next forty five minutes, all of us missionaries gathered together and stood in front of the platform, platform about ten, twelve foot high. 
We got out in front of the platform, started in the crowd, and started taking them people, laying hands on them, casting the devils out of them. It took us about 45 minutes to get that crowd back under control. If we hadn't, we'd have lost the meeting. The devil would have took over. So you got to know what you're doing. You got to know your God. Amen. You got to know your God. And I'm finding a lot of people that say they know God, they're just bound in religion. He's bound in religion. Amen. I'm looking for a scripture in Isaiah, the 29th chapter, and hang on, I'll find it here in a minute. Lord was stirring my heart up about it here a while ago, and I looked it up real quick. And I just got to find the verse here in my Bible. Yeah, it's, uh, let's go to verse, let's go to Isaiah 29 and verse 10. Now, I'm in no hurry today. After y'all being out of church two weeks, y'all to be glad to sit under some word. What? All right. And that's about nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> so Brother Brian set in for the long haul. <laughs> Hey, I'm looking for the time like Paul. Paul preached to midnight and the men fell out of the loft, yeah. broke his neck. Paul went and raised him from the dead and they went back up and eat and fellowship and yeah. broke bread and he went on preaching daylight. I said, Brother Matter, could you do that? You want to try me? <laughs> but from verse 10 of Isaiah 29, for as the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. And your seers are your prophets and your people that see things in the spirit, supposedly. And the vision all has become as the words of a book that is sealed. Which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to one that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned or learned. So in other words, nobody knows what's going on. God's let a spirit of deep spiritual sleep fall on people. And it's like you heard my wife talking about people, people, I, I call it the praying spaghetti prayers. Y'all know what spaghetti prayers are? Y'all know, y'all know when spaghetti gets done, they say you can throw it against the wall and it'll stick. People just praying spaghetti prayers. They pray in everything, hoping something sticks. Cause they don't know what to do. I've never seen people so confused and don't know what to do. And all they're doing is preaching recycled messages. Some of the messages that I've heard, I've heard them for 20 years and they just recycle them. The brother that pastors our church in Fort Payne, he used to go to a, a they, they lived in Coleman for years. You know, they drove from Coleman two and a half years to the church, and God told him to come to my church. He listened to my CDs and my uh, DVDs for five or six years, and he said, then the Lord spoke to him, told him to come to my church. So they started driving two and a half hours every Saturday and every Sunday to be in service. And... He said he's in church down there and this preacher come in and he takes notes. I mean, he got a notebook. You preach something, he'll take notes. He said, so 
That preacher come in. He said, I took notes on everything he said. He said, two or three years later, he come to the church again and said, God just spoke to me and I got a brand new message for y'all. And said when he recorded the title, said he looked back where he was there two and a half, three years ago. Said the exact same thing he preached when he was there two and a half, three years ago. Trying to tell people they're brand new. Let me tell you something. What I needed God to do two years ago ain't what I need God to do today. Word of the Lord I needed to move in my life two years ago is totally different than what I need God to do today. So don't come telling me you're fixing to preach something that God spoke to you two and a half, three years ago and you just put a new cover on it and recycled it because that's what preachers are doing. And they're preaching things that ain't helping people. Might make you feel good emotionally. But when you really get down and examine what's happening in church... Nothing's changing people. Nothing's helping them. Nothing's causing them to grow. Nothing's causing them to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And they're not being taught the spirit of the resurrected Christ can take its abode in them and manifest himself through them in power and authority. And that's the revealing of the kingdom. It ain't just going to heaven. I believe in heaven. I believe in a place called heaven. But it ain't the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And y'all probably said this, and I know a lot of people do, and I've seen people post it on Facebook. Souls were added tonight to the kingdom of heaven. I said, really? How? How do you do that? Oh, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this, but that's all right. People just got into a lot of religious habits. I've seen souls brought into the kingdom of heaven. How did you see souls brought into the kingdom of heaven when the kingdom of heaven is Christ being revealed in you? How's that? Somebody tell me how that works. I ain't figured it out yet. Did I mess you up, Brother Donald? You're just looking at me. All right, let me see how far I got. Verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as his people draweth near to me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. And you know, if you go from that 14th verse on down, I preached on this about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. God spoke in a prophecy on April 25th of this year and gave this very scripture right here from 14 all the way through 16. And I went back and looked up a prophecy from July 17th, 2017. And the first minute of that prophecy in July two years ago and the one in April of this year reads just alike. I gave you all the notes on it. That's why I give you these notes. I don't give you these notes because I need to preach from notes. I give you these notes so you have something to study and you know where God's taking us. So we're at a time we need direction. We got people everywhere. 
Well, God said this. God said that. God spoke this to me. God spoke that to me. But what's happening off of it? What's changing people? Somebody tell me what's changing people. I ain't seen a move of God change people. I'm talking about what I call a book of Acts move of God. There ain't been a book of Acts move of God in this country since 1906 when Azusa Street come in. That's 113 years ago. I think we overdue for a visitation. Amen? So when we meet in August, our main focus is going to be seeking God to visit us and restore the ministry. Restore the right foundation to the church because church sure ain't on it. Well, Brother Metter, I believe in the Apostles' Doctrine. Really? I bet you can't tell me five things that go with the Apostles' Doctrine. If you say you believe in the Apostles' Doctrine, about the only thing you're going to tell me is you believe in water baptism in Jesus' name. And that's about all you know about the Apostles' Doctrine. I did say that out loud, didn't I? So, Brother Metter, why are you? Because people don't know. They don't know the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost, is the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. They don't know that Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. They don't know that that is different than what fell on the day of Pentecost. They don't know. They never been taught. The Holy Ghost that spoke out of Elizabeth, the Holy Ghost that spoke out of Zechariah, the Holy Ghost that filled John the Baptist from his mother's womb, the Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power to cast out demons, heal the sick, and raise the dead, is different than what fell on us at the day of Pentecost. Oh boy, I got y'all attention now. Y'all, y'all got your antennas up. So why is it different? Because what was given on the day of Pentecost was the spirit of the resurrected Christ. Now I'll tell you what God told me. I'll go back and, and bring it up, recap it. February 13th or 16th. I keep forgetting which date it is. But anyway, it's 2013, I believe is when it was. Started out of the office in Fort Payne. I started to lock the door and head to the platform I was going to preach. And the audible voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, The Holy Ghost I'm sending back to my people will be the fullness of the resurrected Christ mixed with the humanity of man. I froze in my tracks. Didn't even pull the key out of the lock. I unlocked the lock, walked back in the door, took the key out of the lock, closed the door, and sat down at the desk. I said, what do you do with that? God, what did you just say? You're messing with me, Lord. God speaks to you and you hear that voice and said, the Holy Ghost I'm sending back to my people is the full power of the resurrected Christ mixed with the humanity of man. What you going to do with it? I'm glad I got y'all's attention today. 
I didn't say it's mixed with the carnality of man. I said it's mixed with the humanity of man. There's a difference between carnality and humanity. I just scratched my head. So I just went out there and told the people what God told me. And they just went, do what? I said, I don't know. I just know what God told me. And so about three weeks later, the Lord took me into a vision. And I saw the man Jesus as he started ministering. And I've seen all stages of his life, his miracles, his deliverance, his trials, his battles with people, his temptations. And I saw every time it happened, I seen his spirit and the Holy Ghost like strands of DNA. Y'all ever seen a graph of DNA? It's like six or five or six different colors, and it's like a twisted ladder. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I saw that, and the Lord called it spiritual DNA. And I saw it, and every time Jesus done a miracle or cast out a devil or, or healed the sick or went through a battle, I seemed like him and the Spirit of God just become twisted more together until they became one. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, and Jesus became the Christ. And that's the Word. That man and that Holy Ghost, that Spirit, of God mixed until He became the Christ. Y'all following me? I hope y'all following me because I wouldn't preach this just to anybody because can't anybody receive this. They're too carnally minded. People in church too carnally minded. And the Lord told me. And I saw His life. And I saw how God refined Him and twisted Him together with the Spirit of God until they become one. Paul said, I show you a great mystery concerning Christ in the church that as a man and his wife, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife and the twain shall become what? One flesh. He said, Christ, he said, Jesus and the Spirit of God become one. They become one. They're one now. I got him. I'm making sense to anybody. But yet people think all the Holy Ghost is No. That's not a language. That's not a language. I got a two year old grandson that's starting to form syllables. Y'all know what phonics are? They're sounds that maybe start making to form words. They teach kids how to read now by phonics or by sounds putting sounds together to form words. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in stammering lips. I believe you will form syllables when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and your lips will stammer and quiver, but I don't believe you stay that way. I used to walk the streets and preach with an old boy when I first got saved. Good old man. Worked in a paint and body shop and Drank and just uh, uh, wouldn't ever go to church. His wife kept trying to get him to get saved and go to church. And he'd tell his wife, said, look, I go down to the bar every night after I get off work. Drink two or three beers before I come home. And he said, there's all the deacons of the Baptist church sitting down there where you want me to go. 
He said, they're reading Playboy. They're cracking dirty jokes. They're getting drunk. He said, I live as good as they do. What do I need to go to church for? Serious as I can be. God really done something in that man's life. And after he got saved and really come to God and got a relationship with God in prayer life, she left him. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. I'm serious. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. So, me and him would get out on the street and preach. And the Spirit of God move on him. Which was sincere. And then he picked up three or four syllables. Out of I see, Lord. Yeah, that was his. Every time the Spirit of God moved on, that's what he'd say. Wasn't no words, wasn't no language, wasn't no. Bible said you're speaking tongues, you're speaking languages. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to get God's people out of their ignorance. Move them forward into something. Amen. Move them forward into something that we can help this generation. But you know, when the, when the Lord spoke to me last week at our meeting at the house in Isaiah 26, and all this are in these notes. You can take these notes home and study them. And I'll give them to you here in a little bit. Verse 16 of Isaiah 26. He said, Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. And y'all know, generally, if we don't develop a relationship with God, when we're going to pray is when God starts tanning or hide. They none of y'all come to the Lord and everything was good. You ain't going to pray when you're enjoying the goodness of life and everything's good. You better let God turn up the heat on you and things get a little tight. You'll pray. And then he goes on and says, Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery is in pain and cries out in pains. That word pangs there means birth pains or throes. That's what a woman goes into when she starts into travail. To have a baby. And I, I was there in all three of mine, boy, and I know. I know about transition. I know how a woman's body changes. I know what she goes through. And I know at certain times I need to be out of the room. Because <laughs> I don't want her looking at me and saying, this is your fault. <laughs> so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child. We've been preached about Christ being formed in us, have we not? Did Paul not say in Galatians, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in thee? Are we not taught in Romans 8, and I believe it's 29 and 30, that we are to be conformed to the image of his dear Son, that we are predestined for day to be conformed to the image of the Christ? It ain't being revealed in people. They ain't being taught this. Well, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to talk in tongues. Okay, that's good. What else? Oh, ain't nothing else. You're just going to talk in tongues. Oh, 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 oh devil going to wear you out. 
We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. In other words, he said, you've been with child. You conceived this thing growing in you. You're supposed to bring something forth. You miscarried and brought forth nothing. Is that not what the Word says? What's the Word going and say right after that? Fallen. We brought forth no deliverance in the earth. Neither have any of these people that's been bound. They, they, they ain't been set free. They, the inhabitants ain't fallen. They ain't been set free. We brought forth no deliverance. All we've done is miscarried, brought forth a bunch of noise, a bunch of wind. That's all, that's all people have done. And I'm not being critical and I'm not being hard, but you go to church and people come out of the door. My God, we had church tonight. God moved. My God, the, the glory and the power of God come down and we run and we shouted and we wept and God moved and, and you, okay, what happened? Oh man, God moved. That's great, but what happened? We shouted, we danced, we praised God, we cried, we talked in tongues, we screamed. But what happened? Who got changed? Who got delivered? Who got healed? Who got set free? What happened? Oh man, you ought to heard brother and sister so and so. They sang for 30 minutes. The glory of God come down. Oh my Lord, the glory of God was so real. It was so strong. It was so powerful. But what did it do? Who was set free? Who was made whole? Oh my God, brother, the the Spirit of God was there so strong, but was the anointing there to destroy the yoke? Did people's lives get delivered? Did they get set free? Did something in Christ grow in you? Did it move in you? Did you get moved further along in your relationship with God? Or did you just have emotion? Drama and emotion are not the Spirit and the anointing. And I'm afraid about all churches got now is drama and emotion. Don't get mad at me. I'm trying to get God's people to stand still and listen to what I'm saying and realize nothing's happening. We have deceived ourselves. Did y'all hear what I said? We've deceived ourselves. Paul said, I didn't come to y'all with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come to you with great swelling words. I've heard preachers exhort, and I, I not understand one thing they said. They too far over my head. I had a good friend that's going to be with the Lord now, and he said preachers can get so lifted up and so ed- educated he said, you can't understand nothing they're saying. I said, really? And I just listened to him. He said, yeah. He said, I'll show you. Wait a minute, i got to get the words formed in my mind. It's been a long time since I said it. Yeah, he said, that's the way the old reverberates. 
I said, do huh? He said, that's just the way the old ball bounces. And he said, on the other hand, that's the way the demosphere disintegrates. I said, what? He said, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And he was making a point that we can get so high and mighty and so lifted up that we can say things people don't even understand. So keeping it simple. The gospel's simple. The Bible said it's the simple gospel of Christ. It's the simple gospel of Christ. Now, I can't stand these meetings where people call the Spirit of God moving. Everybody starts laying hands on everybody. You better not do it to me. Because one of us will be going out the door. And if I'm not in charge of service, it'll be me. If I'm in charge of service, it'll be you. Because there ain't nothing in the Bible about it. It's just like sister here was talking on Facebook about all these people handling snakes. And she was sincerely asking for edifying. But in all wisdom, don't post that stuff and let people see that. Because that is a demon spirit. I watched a documentary on that stuff five or six years ago, and there's a spirit that takes in people over, and it ain't the spirit of God. Well, brother, matter, they can handle them things, and all the spirit of witchcraft in them charms them. It charms them. And he said, if... You drink any deadly thing. He didn't say when. He said if. If somebody tries to poison you. But you don't go mix strychnine up and drink it in a service. You ain't glorifying God. Handling a copperhead or a rattlesnake. or You ain't glorifying God. You, you want faith to be revealed? Go cast the devil out of somebody. Go heal the sick. Go to the hospital and empty it out. and Heal the lame. You want to glorify God? I said that's a demon spirit. And I had a man kept trying to get me to, they used to have a snake handling church over out of Kingston. man kept trying to get me to come at church over and preach. I said, my pastor wants you to come. I finally told him, I said, I know what your pastor wants. Your pastor wants me to come over and he's going to turn service over me and said he's going to pull one of them big old rattlesnakes, one of them big copperheads out, and he's going to bring it up there and try to hand it to me. And I said, when he does, I said, I'm going to feed it to him. I said, you don't want me to come. I said, you don't want to mess with the Spirit of God in me. And I said, I'll tell you what do. And I was in a tent meeting there in Calhoun in 98. I was right there on, what, 225 or whatever it was. Had a big meeting there. And I told him, I said, you go back and tell your pastor, you better quit fooling them snakes. One of them fixing to get him. In about three or four days, he pulled up on the tent line on Sunday afternoon. I said, Brother Metter, I need you to go to prayer for my pastor. I said, what happened? He said there's loading the snakes in the trunk of his car, and he said they bumped the lid against the side of the car, and the lid come off and said one of them big diamondback rattlers got him about three times. I said, what's the matter? Same Holy Ghost he's got in service. He don't have outside of service. And he looked at me, and I said, I told you, you better quit fooling with him. I said, I ain't praying for him. Brother Matter. told him, I said, I ain't praying for him. Ain't got no business messing that stuff to start with. It's a wrong spirit. It's, they, they've taken one, two scriptures out of context and made a doctrine out of it, and it's wrong. And the Lord said, I believe it's in Jeremiah, He said, I'm going to give them snakes they can't charm. 
There ain't nothing in the gospel that Jesus taught it. There ain't nothing that the apostles taught. There ain't no foundation for it. Well, Paul handled it. No, Paul didn't. And that thing come out of that fire, come out of that wood and locked on his arm, on his hand, and Paul shook him off in the fire. Paul didn't play with him. Paul didn't put him in a box and carry him around from meeting to meeting in town to town. It's a demon. And see, people caught in this ignorance. People caught in this ignorance and they don't know right from wrong. And it's time for the Word to define what's right and what's wrong. You talk about that, what they take it by? Mark 16. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Look at that word serpent up the original Greek. It means a devious, malicious, cunning, conniving man, usually bound by Satan, and that's your witchcraft and your soothsayers. Amen. All your magicians and your soothsayers in the Old Testament and even in the New mess with snakes. It's a spirit. It puts fear in people's hearts. It's a spirit. And I'm just one that can deal with that spirit. I don't fool with this mess. The gospel's the gospel. It's holy. It's clean. It's pure. And it's undefiled. You don't need to get your mind messed up and stuff. That's reading people don't need to get in all this loose worship where they're running around laying hands on everybody and, and people that ain't even got a, a life where they're praying or seeking God or prophesying to everybody. You get that mess around me. Exactly. It's a seducing spirit. When you go and read Timothy and he said it shall come to pass in the last days, that seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, it's what it is. It's seducing spirits. They're raised up in them things. Most of them things are out in the country, backwood, uneducated, and I'm not throwing off on them, but that's where most of that stuff originates from. And they're bound by that seducing spirit from the time they grow up. It's just like somebody raised in idolatry. They're bound by that spirit. They don't know the difference, and they think it's God, and it's not God. You just don't know the people that's died from that stuff. I remember Jack Coe, big preacher in the 50s. God told him, he said, he said, don't you meet me down on the corner? He said, what for? He said, I got some straight nine mixed up, and he said, I'm going to drink half of it. You drink the other half. He said, and we'll see which one dies. Jack Cole said, meet yourself down there and drink both bottles of it. He said, because the word says, if I shall drink anything deadly, not when. Not when. You ain't glorifying God by that stuff. You see, people messed up. That's reason you got churches out here. It ain't no business being out here. You got people pastoring, people preaching, ain't even called to preach. You don't have apostles. You don't have prophets like we need in these days. You don't have the doctrine of Jesus Christ being set, and that's what's supposed to be preached. The Bible said in Ephesians 2.20, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And evangelists, they don't even know what evangelism is. 
We started a church in Fort Payne. Pastor told me, he said, Brother Metter, these evangelists are going to ring your phone off the hook. I said, they won't ring mine off the hook. He said, if I have one, he said, I have five or six evangelists call me every day wanting to come in for revival. I said, all I got to do is talk to them one time. The evangelist is not supposed to go from church to church to church to church, from state to state to state to state. He's supposed to find him a local church, come under a pastor, come under the fivefold ministry, and then go out in the community and win souls and bring them into the church. There's nothing in the Word that teaches the evangelist is supposed to go to the church and have revival. It's a milk route. It's a money thing. Evangelist finds out where he can get a good offer, and he'll be there two or three times a year. Oh, my God, did I say that out loud? Things are messed up. And God's trying to get them back on track. But see what the Lord's saying? We've been preached the Word. We've been told Christ will be conceived in us. But nothing's ever been birthed. Nothing's ever been brought forth. Because when it does, then you'll start growing in Christ. You start growing in Christ, and then you can press toward the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Let it be also in us. You can press toward that mark. Paul said, I see a mark. I see a prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. I see the fullness of God in the resurrected Christ. That's what I want living in me. We can attain this, but nobody's teaching people they can attain it. They're being taught they're going to get everything when they go to heaven. It's like I tell people, you don't get something down here, you ain't going to heaven. You sure ain't going to possess the kingdom of heaven. There's people that are good people, love God. They will die and they will go to heaven, but they will never possess the kingdom of heaven because they ain't taught how to do it. They ain't taught how to come into an intimate relationship with God that Christ can be formed in them and the carnal mind can be destroyed. The carnal mind is not what you're born with. The carnal mind is a spirit. It's a spirit. For to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. That shows you right there it's a spirit. So you can be spiritually minded. Amen? You can be spiritually minded. All right, now I'm going back to the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the 120. What did God do for them? What did he fill them with? <coughs> they were endued with power for what? What was the power for? Signs and wonders. The different positions in the church. You go to 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight. For God has set some in the church. First apostles. Secondary prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. What has God said in the church today? Now, God didn't do it. <laughs> but are we following the pattern of the book of Acts is my point. That 120... 
that was in that upper room when the Holy Ghost was poured out, that wasn't the lay members of the church. That was the ministry that was set there to govern and teach and edify and lead because the lay members of the church were saved later that day. That was the 3,000. And they had to have somebody to lead them. So it wasn't just that 120 getting baptized. God gave them something. He gave them ability. He gave them wisdom. He gave them knowledge. He gave them understanding. He gave them gifts. He gave them offices, administrations. Lord told me about two years ago in August that everything in 1 Corinthians 12 from the fourth verse on the end of the chapter happened on the day of Pentecost. And that talks about the offices, the administrations, the, the diversities of how the gifts operate, what the different gifts are for and who they work in. When I was an evangelist, and if y'all never heard me teach on the gifts of the Spirit, they work in series of threes. Tongues, prophecy, and interpretation work together. Faith, healings, and miracles work together. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits work together. You ain't going to find one pastor and 10,000 that can teach you that. So the gifts work in series of threes. When I was an evangelist, I used faith, healings, and miracles more than I used anything else. I've got all nine. But once I became a pastor, I used discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge more than I used faith, healings, and miracles because I needed to minister wisdom and understanding into people's lives. If I come to you by the gift of knowledge, brother, and I tell you something going on in your life, what good does it do if I don't have the word of wisdom to tell you what to do to get over that problem? Or that I've got the discerning of spirits that I know that you can receive that word when I minister to you. There's people God spoke to me in, in meetings that I would never minister the word to them. Knew their problem, knew what they're going through, knew what they're dealing with. Watched them in the meeting and waited and would not reveal the word to them because my spirit showed me they would not receive what God wanted to tell them. And why should I minister a word to somebody and they're going to turn around and do exactly opposite of what God told them? They're just going to get yourself in trouble when they do that. So I'm not going to help them get in trouble. <laughs> Amen. I hope y'all enjoying this because I'm enjoying teaching. People need edifying. What did God tell us in Ephesians 4 and 11? He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. What did he give those five offices for? Does anybody know the rest of the Scripture? For the perfecting of the saints. That means maturity and completion in Christ. For the work of the ministry. Reading the ministry ain't working. Everything's out of order. Because you're trying to operate off of evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And most of those three's out of order to start with. Please understand, I'm not criticizing. I'm just trying to get y'all to realize where we're at and what we're up against if we're going to bust this thing through. There's some labor involved. And I can't do it by myself. And I ain't going to try. Well, what, they ain't preaching nothing. 
If you ain't, if your preaching don't tie to the kingdom, wisdom of the kingdom, knowledge and understanding of the kingdom, or how to possess the kingdom, you off mark. You off mark. I'm not being critical. I'm trying to wake God's people up and show we're going around in circles. Look, I was born into this. I've been around it all my life for 66 years, and I've seen people go around in circles and do the same thing for 66 years. You was raised in it, Sister Kath. And until God started revealing this word into you, you're right there with them. That's right. I get so tickled at her daddy. Sister Kathy used to drive Fort Payne. She got bringing her mom and daddy down there. And her daddy had said, well, one thing about it, he preached the word. I ain't never seen it like that. I ain't never heard it like that. But, man, that man preached the word, and he would ponder on it, think about it, pray about it, and he would make sense. But, see, he had never been taught it. Everything people been taught, go to heaven. Go to heaven. Get saved, receive the Holy Ghost. Wait till you die and go to heaven, or wait till God come catches the church out and go to heaven. That's all people are taught. Who's going to win this world? Who's going to come into an anointing and a deliverance going to set the captive free? Where is the glory of the latter house that the Bible says it's going to be greater than that of the former? <laughs> Day of Pentecost was a former house. Where's the latter house? Oh, that's going to happen up in heaven. Ain't going to do no such a thing. Every time church can't explain something, they come up with some kind of theory. <coughs> Don't make no sense. Was coming up last night, and I told my wife, I said, I wonder who can tell me when the millennium's going to happen and where it's going to be. <laughs> she just looked at me. I said, I'm messing with you. She said, I know you are. <laughs> People don't study. They don't study, Sister Barney. They take somebody's word for something. They take it and run with it. And the Lord spoke two scriptures to me this last week. And one's Isaiah 5.13. He said, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6 my pe- said, my people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge. When you don't know the word. And you don't know how to apply the word to your life. And you don't know how to use that sword. Which the word of God is the sword of the spirit. You have no way to defend yourself against the enemy. You look awful funny standing out there with a shield of faith. Having the helmet of salvation on, having your loins girt about in armor, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and nothing to fight with. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Nothing to fight with. Walk out in a battle against a skilled warrior that's got a double-edged sword, and you stand there holding something you ain't proved you don't know how to use, the devil will slice you up. Lord told me a long time ago, he said, the sword of the Spirit. He said, you use it to cut chains that bind, cut ties that bind, set the captive free. He said, you can use it wrong and kill and destroy people. He said, but very few people are skillful 
with the Word of God. Because they don't ever study. They don't ever let my spirit lead them or teach them. The Bible said the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. What are the weapons of our warfare? The greatest one you have is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. But when you don't apply the Word and you don't know how to use the Word, and you're unskillful in the Word, the Bible said they that are unskillful in the Word desire milk, they're babes. Right? So, there's so much we need to learn and so much we need the Spirit of God to teach us. But if you don't ever apply yourself to a relationship with God, the Spirit of God can't teach you. Can't teach you. It's sad when people used to walk in a relationship of prayer and seeking God, and now the spirit of prayer is almost non-existent in their life because the enemy's got in. It's sad. Amen. Am I making sense to anybody today? I'm not trying to hurt you. I love you. I do. I love you. And I can help you and I can teach you. But you've got to pay attention to me. Amen. You've got to pay attention to me. There's people all over this world that will tell you that this word that I preach has set them free. It's brought them into truth. It's healed them. It's delivered them. It's helped them grow in God. But there's also people that will tell you, and some of the same people will tell you, I wish I'd listened to Brother Matter when he told me not to do that because I messed my life up. I went through years of hardship because I didn't listen. I'm not trying to lift myself up. But one thing you're going to find out about me, I know that voice of God. I know that voice of God. There have been too many prophecies that I've spoken down through the years that have come to pass. Me and my wife have been married 37, going on 38 years. She'll tell you. You ask her, she said, if I ever come to her and say, look, this is what God showed me, and this is what's fixing to happen, so-and-so. 37 years, you ain't never seen it miss, have you? She ain't never seen it miss. Why? It's one thing if I say something. It's another thing the voice of God speaks to me. Amen. And if I counsel you on something or I, I talk to you, I don't have to say this is thus saith the Lord. Paul said, I believe that I have the Spirit of God. Amen. I believe I have the Spirit of God. And God talks to me. But God's people right now, they've gone into captivity. And they're bound in religion. You know, I don't know, any y'all ever heard of A.E. A. Allen? He preached a message way back in the 50s called Prisons with Stained Glass Windows. And he said, people are bound in religion. People, they are bound in religion. They go to church. They start their services out the same way every time. You want to bind the service up? You want to give the devil a chance to play havoc with the real move of God? Just stand up and say, anybody got a song? Anybody want to testify? And then call somebody up to sing that doesn't even know the leadership of the Spirit, doesn't have a dedication, doesn't have a prayer life. Let me tell you something. 
somebody singing ain't got no more business standing here than a preacher if they don't have a relationship and a dedication to the Lord and be led by the Spirit. They ain't got no business up there. Oh, God. Because we can't move over in God till we learn to be led by the Spirit. And, and I tell people, and this ain't no reflection on what y'all have asked me, but I've had people, Brother Meadow, we want you to come preach for us. Ain't happening. Brother Meadow, we want you to come preach for us. Ain't happening. Brother Meadow, why won't you come preach at our church? Because what does he going to do me to come in there and lay down a solid word, try to teach people, try to reach people, and time I'm gone, you turn the clown squad loose in the pulpit. Come on. Amen. I ain't wasting the word, and I ain't wasting the anointing, I ain't wasting my time. I ain't doing it. Why? I got a heart for God's people. I got a burden for God's people, and I want to see them grow. And God's people ain't growing. And I had a man come to my church one time, and I knew him when he was a young boy. And I let him minister. And I'm going to tell you something. The Spirit of God fell on him, and God tried to send him a different direction. And he fought it for 15, nearly 20 minutes, and then he turned and preached what he was about to determine he was going to preach when he come in there. Would not be led by the Spirit of God. There are many times I walk out here prepared to preach something the Spirit of God take over, and I'll flow with the working of the Spirit of God. Amen. I don't need notes to preach by. I don't need notes to preach by. Y'all hear me? I don't have to have them. I start quoting the Word of God. It just comes loose, starts flowing. Don't Sister Kathy. I've been in Sister Kathy's house many times, Bible study, or just talking. And man, if that... that anointing of that word ever hits, I mean, it'll flow. Why? It's become a part of me. It's become a part of me. Amen. And I want it to become a part of you. I want it to come car. Come here, Sister Bobby. Step right up here and raise your hands. Lift your hands up to the Lord. Man, there's a gang load of pressure set out on your mind. You've been battling this thing all service. You've been battling it. Give it to the Lord. Totally give it to Him. Come at rest. Because you can't change nothing. As bad as you want to. And there's a deep love of God. There's a faith in God. Down inside there and the enemy's just always battling your mind and warring against you. Trying to get you to panic and trying to get you to try to do it in yourself. Two! You spirit of torment be thou rebuked. Oh my honor. Wow. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Set that mind free Lord right now. Bring that perfect peace. Bring that perfect peace in Jesus name. It's going to be all right. We can't change things. And somebody tells us not to worry, they usually don't do a whole lot of good. But don't worry. <laughs> You've done seen God do it too many times. It's just our old carnality. 
That's the reason we need to learn to stay in that relationship in prayer with Him. Go ahead and pass them notes out because I don't want them to leave without them. There's a lot in these notes, and I've exhorted on a lot of it. But please take these and study them. Study them. The Bible says study to show thyself approved. A workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed. You've got to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. And y'all don't get engrossed in them just yet. There's one thing I want to see God teach His people. And that is the Word of God has a season. Did y'all know that? The Word of God has a season. When Gabriel came and ministered to Zechariah in the temple and told him that Elizabeth's going to conceive, that that's going to have a son, going to call his name John. The Bible said they were old and well stricken in years. And Zechariah asked Gabriel, he said, how am I going to know? He said, man, we're old. My wife ain't never had a kid. How 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 God going to do this now that we're old? And Gabriel looked at him and said, I'm Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And because you believe not my words... You're going to be struck dumb for a season because you didn't believe the Word that would be performed in God's season. The Word has a season. The Word has a season. God may speak something to you. It may be 20 years before He brings it to pass. And it could be next week. You've got to learn to discern God's times and God's seasons. God spoke to Abraham, told him, he was going to have an heir out of his own loins. It's 25 years before Sarah conceived, brought forth Isaac. And they tried to do it in their own right with Hagar. And that's where the Palestinians come from. Man, they messed up generations to come by not waiting on God. Me and my wife first got married. I took my tent to a little town called Seneca, South Carolina. Oh, God, we fought a battle. But the Lord had spoke me to go to Seneca, South Carolina. That was in 82. But at that time, I was standing in sackcloth six to eight hours a day, shaved my head, <laughs> come out in a long black sackcloth robe, itching to death and hot July and August weather and had my head shaved. Ain't no wonder nobody's probably listened to me, but... And she was expecting, and we stayed in sackcloth six to eight hours a day at that time and prayed and sought the Lord. Never did have a move of God in Seneca, South Carolina. But I went back two years later. The Lord kept telling me, go to Seneca. I said, I ain't going. You forget it. I'm telling you, go to Seneca, South Carolina. I was there in 82. I ain't going back. About three months, I told the Lord, I said, okay, I'll go. Found a tent lot, opened up in a pouring down rain on a Friday night with nearly 200 people. And the revival went uphill from there. We had one end of the tent that was in a low spot, had to go buy a sump pump. It rained every day about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and flood one end of the tent. I'd have to put a sump pump out there, pump it out, and I wound up putting 33 bales of hay in that end of the tent. And they just pack it out, stand in mud, shout. God moved, worked miracles, delivered, healed, 
set free. See, it wasn't that I missed God. Or I missed his timing. Missed his timing. There's a timing. God's word has a season. You've got to be sure you're being led in that season. Amen. But see, it takes time to learn these things. It takes relationship in prayer to learn these things. Or you can listen to a seasoned vessel of God. But God ain't gonna let me tell you everything. There's things you gotta learn on your own. You gotta grow. Amen. You gotta grow. I can help people. But I'm gonna learn to listen. Amen. I'm gonna tell you something. God's people don't learn to listen. God right now is raising up a brand new generation. The Lord told us back in April. He told us right here in March, my son was here and ministered. The Lord spoke the prophecy. We listened to it about midnight last night. The Lord spoke the prophecy. My son was here and ministered on March 16th. He said, I'm fixing to visit the house of Cornelius. The Lord told us in 2017, we're fixing to turn to the Gentiles. I thought Gentiles were heathen, out there bound by idolatry, never known God. The Lord showed me with the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was a devout man, loved God, didn't know who Jesus was, didn't know the power. And the Lord said, just because the Gentiles don't mean the heathen, it means they've never come into the reality of the power and the authority of God like you have. And he said, I'm fixing to visit people that know God, but they don't know me in reality. So we fix and see, Lord, visit people. People that you can't teach, people don't want nothing, people that they're going to fight you over everything you preach. And you can't help them. The Lord's just going to let them go on what they're doing. They're going to go on shouting, prophesying, talking in tongues, having a healing here and there. But then God's going to move and give us a house of Cornelius. Amen. He's going to give us a house of Cornelius. And people that really want to know God, that are hungry to know God. And what did the angel of the Lord tell Cornelius when he appeared to him? Thy alms, thy prayers, and thy giving has gone up before God as a memorial. I built a life 47 years of prayers and sacrifices and doing what I thought was right in the eyes of the Lord. And God ain't going to let me down. He ain't going to let me down. He ain't going to let you down either. But what I want you to do today, and I'm fixing to. Receive an offering. I don't want you to look at it as an offering. I want you to look at it as an investment in the souls and in the what I'm teaching, what I'm preaching. I want you to look at it as investing. Still ain't got my YouTube studio set up. We just ordered some lights. Had to wait on some finance to come in. We just ordered some lights. Supposed to get them today or tomorrow and then I'll have it set hopefully got the live stream ready to go to preach in Africa and the kind of teaching I'm doing today I'm fixing to fill YouTube up with it I'm fixing to come against all these doctrines and one doctrine I'm fixing to hit really 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 hard 
And there's a spirit in this area don't want them to do women preachers. But I'm fixing to tear that thing from one end to the other. Because there ain't no scripture that forbids women from being used of God and being anointed of God. And I'm fixing to tear that thing out of the frame. It's like I'm fixing to tear all this. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is talking into it. I'm fixing to tear that thing up. There are people out there wanting truth. There are people. Do I believe in speaking in tongues? I'll tell you like Paul. I'm probably speaking in tongues more than y'all. You sit up in the middle of the night and you bed out of a sound sleep, throw your hands up there and speaking in tongues. I say I probably speak in tongues more than y'all. That's what Paul told him. 